All right, we're rolling in three, two, one. Movie time. Movie time. time. <laughs> <laughs> hey, everybody, and welcome to Movie Time Extra. It's the show where we talk about movies with a little something extra. I'm your producer, your co-host, your, 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 your more of your sculpture. My name is Dashiell Marco. And I'm your amateur thematic analyst, library technician in semi-exile, and protagonist. My name is Tyler Duncan. Today, we are watching 2020's Tenet, written and directed by Christopher Nolan. If you enjoy our show, please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to it. Tell your friends about it, past, present, or future. You can email us at any point in time and we will receive it at movietimeextra at gmail.com to tell us what you think is a little extra suggest a movie or just shoot the shit our bangin theme song is by the illustrious DJ Cutman check Cutman out on Bandcamp or Spotify and uh, he's always going to be there to provide you with solid bangers and or bops we love you Cutman mwah as always, there will be spoilers in the show. If you don't like it, I will travel back in time and kick your grandfather in the dick. Try making people now, grandfather. <laughs> which, which your dick all kicked. Well... That was the easy part. Now comes the hard part. Hey, Dash. Hey. Explain this movie to me. <laughs> what would you like to know about it? Um, what happened? A lot of stuff. <laughs> I am actually shocked at how well I was able to keep up, even without Wikipedia's help. Um. But still, uh, I have I have questions, I have concerns. Yeah, this <laughs> this is an ambitious movie. Uh, I think I feel like we we just had lunch and we refrained from talking about this at all because, and I like that. I like going in going in raw, as they as the kids say, uh, mm-hmm. our podcast. You know, because there's there's a lot that can happen here in the next hour discussion wise there's definitely a lot of people that have broken down this movie um probably a lot better than we're about to um (laughs) but there's a lot to be said about it um i think maybe we'll start with our kind of just initial reactions and then uh we do like a super brief synopsis of it and then maybe just talk about some of the themes um, I tried to look at some one stars, but they were all pretty dumb and repetitive, to be honest. And this is an awesome movie, in my opinion. Um, but before we get into that, uh, I think we already said, I think we should just do a Nolan trilogy. We we said that we wanted to watch Inception next time. I would love that. Uh, maybe after that, we could do. Uh, uh, what's that other movie uh, that everyone likes of his? The Prestige or. He's done like this is like his twelfth movie or something. 
I really like the prestige. Yeah. Let, we, let's just watch all 12. Yeah, <laughs> we're just watching all 12. This is now a Christopher Nolan podcast. Yeah. Uh, I think he's great. Uh, we'll, we'll, start, we'll start with Inception next time, and we'll see where, where our heart takes us. Maybe you can pick the next one after that if you want. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll let you know. He's definitely got some good ones on here. There's also Interstellar. Uh, not my favorite movie, but I would be down to rewatch it. I actually really enjoyed Interstellar. I'm I'm down with it. Yeah, I think Inter- Interstellar is is honestly um, disturbingly prescient when it comes to like anti science movements. Okay, I've, stuff I've, like that. But a long time since I've seen it, so I'm totally also, down to give it another watch. Also, The Prestige, though. I remember seeing that around the time it came out and I was like not prepared for how good it was going to be. Uh, <laughs> you know, this is our podcast. We can watch as many Christopher Nolan movies as you want. You can, you can That's add us right. listening. We're the boss. That's right. Get in my inbox and tell me how much you love us. Fight, to, uh, fight me. About Christopher Nolan. Okay. What did you think of this movie? Thoroughly enjoyable. A touch too long. Very, I think, um, idea dense. And I don't think it got enough credit for just how dense it was when it came to ideas. Because everybody got kind of hung up on the science fiction aspect of it. Yeah. And the acting pretty good um i I mean a can't go wrong with brana kenneth brana is an amazing actor he plays sator right the 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 villain and i love a brana baddie i love when he is a villain (laughs) he just oh he's a he's a ridiculously good actor so i was very happy to see him in this also robert pattison if He's I such said a it cutie. once, I'll say it again. Cute, cute guy, fan fucking tastic actor. And I will, I will say this until I, we don't do this podcast anymore, and I don't have an audience to say it to. Like Daniel Radcliffe and Robert Pattinson are living their best lives. Uh, if you are a child actor, you should look up to them. <laughs> Because if you like well, acting and you're good at it, your podcast. yeah. Because if you like, if you're if you're you're a good child actor and you want to keep doing it into adulthood, I think they're kind of the path to take, which is like, do what you want to do, do weird shit, get out of whatever niche you ended up in, and uh, just do bonkers shit that that you think is fun, because that's what they've done and they've done it to success. Uh, it makes me very happy whenever I see him. And yeah, he's he's great in it. Um, John David Washington is a great actor. And I love him in this role. Did not know he was Denzel Washington's kid until somebody told me that a few a few days ago. I didn't know that until you told me that just now. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. Seriously? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's awesome. He was also like a professional football player, I believe. Oh, yeah. I had seen that. So there you go. Ugh. Yeah. Also a cutie. So, you know, 
him and Robert Pattinson as the main characters of a movie is enjoyable. Totally. You know, aesthetically. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I have no shame for that. I don't care. It was good. It was fun. It was a romp. This is a good movie. I'll start my my part by saying that. Yes, please. This is a good movie. I really like it. That's all I got. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> this movie has some flaws for sure. Um, the characters, it's really hard to, to empathize with any of the characters. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's a pretty cold movie. Um, you know, the protagonists motives are never really explained, um, which makes him a very hard character to relate to. Um, the time travel stuff makes little to no sense. Um, the inversion doesn't, it barely makes any sense, but I love it. It is just perfect. Uh, from a technical standpoint, this is a really impressive movie. Um, the, I mean, just the script and the screenplay is just ridiculous. Like, I mean, the, the, the script, some of the, you know, just the acting isn't great. It's like he, it's like Nolan, like, told everyone to to say every line, like, it's a one-liner, like, a throwaway line, you know? Because he wants you to focus on the plot. And the plot does not stop moving. This is a great movie for people with ADD. I'll say that, unlike the last movie we watched, um, it was, like, the opposite of that. Like, this movie does not stop. Like, if you blink, you will miss something in this movie. Um, and I absolutely love that about it. Probably probably my favorite movie right now i just like i i loved the concept of the time travel uh of, of things being inverted and then brought and 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 the idea of like the the two like the timeline essentially you know seeing space time almost as like two streams you know, I uh, like a different and, take on time travel than than we usually see in time travel flicks. Very much so. Yeah, this is not Back to the Future. Um, this is a little drier than that. There, there are no, okay. One complaint: there are no Deloreans. It's <laughs> uh, <laughs> so dumb. <laughs> no, it's I just yeah, like the car chase concept- scene is great though. Oh my god. Yes. And like conceptually, it's so fascinating. And I feel like it worked really well. And they, he they definitely stuck to his own rules as far as I could tell, you know. Um, I just, I do agree that some of the, some of the acting was pretty stiff at some points. And it was kind of weird because you'd be getting like good performances and then all of a sudden it would be like, and there was a lot of exposition dialogue, which was kind of, um, uh, you know, just wooden almost. And like, it was, it didn't seem natural for Mm -hmm. the protagonist to be like telling someone's story to someone who already knows who the person is. Like it's, yeah, I don't know. I guess you'd like to say there's a lot of telling and not showing because 
you know everything it's just like here is the plot i am explaining the plot right now <laughs> like <laughs> but it's almost like you needed to you know uh because then stuff would happen that you know you had not been told <laughs> and it was very like like oh shit what was that uh you know like uh, yeah it seemed like they they definitely they did they did a really good job though for the most part because this is such a high such an interesting and like high concept thing totally you know oh all right how about i i'm gonna attempt to do a let's do a recap i'm gonna attempt this movie is not really very well recapable uh i'm gonna use this this article uh, from nofilmschool.com is written by Jason Hellerman. I'm going to use it as my guide Um, because if I tried to recap this, it would take me like two hours. I would go way too deep into it. Mm -hmm. A lot of people have said a lot of things about this movie and that's part of what I want to talk about in a minute. But for anyone who hasn't seen this film, here is the gist of it. So the tagline for this movie is armed with only one word, tenet, and fighting for the survival of the entire world. A protagonist journeys through a twilight world of international espionage on a mission that will unfold in something beyond real time. Okay. The opening scene of this film takes place during an orchestra concert in Russia. The concert hall is attacked. We follow an unnamed CIA agent as he goes undercover to retrieve a colleague and a strange artifact. The only name we have for this character is the protagonist. He fails his mission and is captured and tortured. To protect himself and his allies, he takes a cyanide pill. As it turns out, the pill is fake, and this is an invitation to join a new intelligence agency. He passed his uh, test and is now part of a top-secret assignment known as Tenet. Um, he's brought to a secret facility where um, this scientist teaches him about inversion. Um, when something or someone is inverted, they move backwards in time, though from our perception or their perception, they move as normal. And he learns about this by catching a reversed bullet that he ostensibly has already fired through a gun. It's very confusing from the get-go. Um, she she tells him, the scientist tells him not to think about it too much. And that's kind of what we <laughs> want to bear in mind as we think about the time travel aspects of this movie so that we can enjoy it. Uh, the protagonist uses this information to track an arms dealer in Mumbai. He discovers that she is a member of Tenet and she reveals uh, the guy who's been purchasing her future tech is the villain his name is andre sator he's a russian arms dealer we learn that sator has cancer and is dying he's so mad about dying while being a billionaire that he is uniting these cubes known as the al- the algorithm that will end existence so that the world can't go on without him this is another theme that i want to talk about in this movie too is that uh if i can't have you if i can't have it no one can mm-hmm um, 
so the the protagonist has to track down this this stuff he uses Sater's wife um to like he kind of tries to he learns that Sater is like blackmailing his wife with their son uh and something about uh like a faked painting that he's bought that he tries to she she shows her another fake painting and i don't i'm not 100 percent sure why that was going to motivate her but oh my god I'm, I'm already in the weeds on this and i'm like reading a fucking thing here <laughs> so bad uh <laughs> why am i even using this fucking article this is dumb and it's not written very well i thought this was going to help me but it doesn't uh the protagonist recruits a guy named neil robert patterson um to help him um okay god damn it I, I can't even i can't even with this fucking article what actually happens in this movie they go they go to uh to an airport to like a facility at the airport where sator is like keeping some of his valuables and his paintings and such um, they come up with this elaborate heist to crash a plane into the side of the airport um, so that they can steal something from it. Sater already knows this stuff. He's already taken his shit out. Um, there's... I feel like that's kind of when the weirdness starts, like when the time travel stuff gets really heavy. They come up with like another heist to steal something from Sater. Uh, and there's this like very elaborate car chase scene that comes together very quickly. Um, and then there's these inverted cars doing weird stuff. An inverted Seder shows up and steals, re-steals the package after he had already, after the protagonist had already stolen it by threatening to kill his own wife. Uh, there's more inversion weirdness. Everything just ramps up and gets crazier and crazier. Uh, until this extremely convoluted temporal pincer scene at the end where, you know, there's two teams designated by red and blue, the blue teams, 10 minutes in the future, all this shit happens. I just glossed over an hour and a half worth of stuff, but obviously that's what needs to happen here. You have to. Um, At the end of the movie, we find out that the protagonist had recruited himself in the future and he is the leader of Tenet. He just hasn't formed it yet. Something to that extent. And uh, some great lines at the end of this movie that I really enjoyed. And uh, yeah, I don't know. That's the movie. It's not, I don't know how to recap this movie. It shouldn't be recapped. Yeah, they get the things and the and the and the time and the time do what it need to do, and uh, it's kind of a happy ending. Yeah, fuck, that was that was not not fun. Trying to recap that, I should not have even tried to do that. That was embarrassing. No, <laughs> it's it shows how fucking complicated this movie's plot is, and like the. The, these like high level concepts that they pulled into this like 
sci-fi espionage movie, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So uh, I think one of the things I want to talk about is like a lot of people did not like this movie. And they're they're wrong. I will say that. I will, I will go ahead and say that because if you want to talk shit about this movie, fucking where's your time travel inversion movie? Oh, wait, you don't have one. You're just a fucking dweeb who wants to rip on Nolan, but you don't got shit on Nolan. You don't got shit on Nolan. You're just mad because this movie made you confused and it hurt your little brain. So Damn. that's my that's my two cents. Damn. Anyone who's hating on this movie. It, it, it doesn't make sense a lot of times. It's very confusing. It might have been harder to understand in a theater. I think that this movie was made to see in theaters, but COVID obviously and yeah. Definitely a lot easier to understand with subtitles. Um but people didn't like this movie because they're so used to having bullshit spoon fed to them and not used to like a movie like this that actually like requires you to think a little bit or might like fire neurons in your brain or something, you know, like this movie requires some thought like to wrap your head around or at least try to. And uh, I think that's why a lot of people didn't like it. Uh, they're too busy nitpicking every everything wrong with the movie instead of like, appreciating it like what it does right because this movie does some th- it does some things wrong it does some things very wrong but it was a, an awesome movie it's just it's super impressive in a lot of ways oh god yeah i saw people were even mad that um the main character doesn't have a real name and it's like he's a he's a, he's a CIA agent who is legally dead. It would be honestly, it would take me out of the meta if he was like, "Oh, my name's no," like he's he's a professional. Like this guy is clearly a professional who's been doing this a while. He's he's not he doesn't have a name. Yeah, he probably hasn't had a name in ten years. You know, I liked liked that he was called the protagonist and that it's like, it's almost, it's a, it's a reference to like that conversation that he has with Priya where she's like, she's like, you think you're the main character of this operation, but you're just a moving cog. And then he like comes back later and he's like, fuck you. I am the protagonist. You're going to tell me what I need to know so that I can Mm -hmm. do my fucking job. Like I loved it. I thought it was great. Yeah. Um, yeah, I totally wish that we understood his motives just a little more. Like, especially like why he's so attached to uh to Kat, uh Sater's wife, because it seems like he's this stone cold badass, and then he kind of latches onto this woman for little to no reason other than he feels like helping her. And she's just hyper fixated on her kid, which was like, it had to have been intentional. But, you know, when, when uh, Neil, when Patterson is uh, 
saying, you know, that this is going to happen and then everything in the universe will come to an end. And she like dead ass, like looks at the camera and she's like, including my son. And it's like, yeah, that's yeah. Uh-huh. That bothered like, me. Like we get it, you know? <laughs> yeah, it bothered me. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. I was just going to say, like, I, I don't know, like, I get that when you have kids that definitely like changes your priorities and they kind of become your world. Um, I wish she had had some like motivations that weren't her son just cause she was like one of the few, like she was probably one of the female leads who was like seen the most, you know, throughout the movie. She has probably the most screen time. Um, it just makes it hard to care about a throwaway character when you know the kid like the the kid that she's so concerned about has no lines in the entire movie you know yeah, we see like for three like, lines yeah we see for like yeah. a glimpse and that's it and you know it it it, it goes into just i don't know i i like, that would be my main I, I think flaw i would identify with this movie is that it's just really hard to to care about the characters but like i, I guess know. i can't i guess i can say uh it might have been overused as a way to show that she has been so dehumanized by this extremely abusive relationship that she is literally trapped in um through blackmail now um that she's literally just like well there's no hope for me but if i can you know, raise my son right, then that's something, you know. Um, I don't know. No, this this was a really tough movie to think about talking about in a lot of ways. Like, I put this off for quite a while. I think I watched this movie, like, two months ago for the first time, and then I watched it again, like, last week. But this is the type of movie that's, like, uh, I don't know what I want to talk about about it for an hour, but also like I could talk about this movie for like 10 hours. <laughs> um, right. But just like kind of very intimidating to, to approach in any sort of format or like meaningful way. Um, but then in like kind of researching it more, it's like most people are just dunking on this movie and it's, and it's really sad because it's like, God damn, like, can't you people, like, fucking enjoy anything? Like, what the fuck is wrong with you people? You know they can't. (laughs) (laughs) I definitely found some cool literature on this movie. Let me see if I have any that will make any sense. So, the main article that I referenced, or not referenced, I haven't, that I might reference in a minute was from a uh, frivolousfandom.com um i think the article was just written by ken it was attributed to it's a really good article um and he talks about a few different themes in this movie like one is is like do any of the characters in this movie actually have free will which I thought was super interesting because if you think about it, like, you know, 
and I'm just, I'm not, I, I just use that as this article. I'm probably just going to use this article as a springboard. I don't know if I'm going to read anything about it or off of it, but if he has formed this organization in the future and ends up working for them, like he probably doesn't have free will, right? He's, he's kind of like, and, and that, like just that concept on its own is very like confusing. Like he did this in the future, but he hasn't done it yet, but he's working for himself because he's going to do something in the future, but he already did it in the future. (laughs) It's like, it doesn't, it really doesn't make sense. So I think that, Nolan did a really good job of leaving it very open-ended to where like you don't know if the characters have free will or not and it doesn't seem like they do but I don't know there are hints that maybe he does like you know like especially just like in that opening scene you know when he has he gets tested and he takes that cyanide pill it's like you know that's an act of free will but you know I don't know I don't even know what the fuck I'm trying to say I know. Um, yeah, it's a very determinist universe. Like, the laws are set up so that you kind of understand that, like, what has happened has happened is, like, said multiple times in the film, I think, or at least once. I think Neil says it. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, they're being, like, very careful not to create paradoxes, but it's also kind of, like, implied that paradoxes kind of aren't an option yeah yeah like there's definitely implications that you know they don't want to create a grandfather paradox but they don't know what will happen if they do and the the film's very meta about that Mm -hmm. like at the very end of the movie we find out that uh that pattinson uh had has to go back to the to the climax of the film to take a bullet and open a door or something and but it's not like i don't know it's like so open-ended it's like he could have done that you know at the very end of his life anyway he could have done that at any point in time and it's yeah it's so confusing yeah yeah he could have been an old man in that suit and when he got shot up yeah who knows we don't see his face. We just see his little charm. I don't know. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's such a fascinating premise, and I feel like it just got kind of shat on. Yeah, I'm gonna read. I'm books. gonna read this this little bit from this article because this is really well written. This is from Frivolous Fandom. Um, and this is kind of what got my brain ticking on it a little bit. Uh, we will begin with what is clearly one of the film's biggest themes. I suspect we can't get away without exploring what it says about free will, without at least partially explaining the mechanics of inversion. It becomes clear as the film progresses that time inversion all takes place on a single timeline. If you decided after the fact to invert and try to change something you did, it is ultimately moot because you were already present attempting to make the change the first time. One of the best examples of this is shown from the main antagonist Sater's perspective. He waits for details of the protagonist's heist and then go then inverts to go back as an ace in the hole. 
by waiting till the end, he has knowledge to supersede any sleight of hand the protagonist may attempt and ensure he obtains the plutonium or the MacGuffin. Uh, normally, or where Tenet becomes interesting is in how this strategy plays out differently than it would in some other time travel films. Normally, if Seder initially lost the 241, then went back and obtained it by knowing the past, this would create an alternate timeline. Tenet makes clear this is not how it actually worked by showing it from the, 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 the protagonist's perspective first. We see that there was no first heist where Seder never showed up, then a second version where he magically knows how to get the 241. Inverted Seder arrives during the initial heist and successfully obtains it. And I love that. Um, and that scene is so good because like you don't know you don't know what the fuck is going on the first time you watch it. It's like, oh, there's a flipped over car, it's moving backwards. Why is that? And then you later find out that the protagonist he's in that car. He's he's in the car at the same time. So yeah. it's like really well done. I loved when the, the inverted scenes just in general, like all the music is playing in reverse and there's like birds flying in reverse and they look super fucked up and like, oh, it's so well done. Yeah, like them being on the backwards ship. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it just was so cool. Like I was saying, like there is, it's kind of paradox proof to a certain point because literally everything is like explained as you go through the timeline with the protagonist and you see him trying to go back and like fix things and yeah. Ugh. Let's see what else I got here. Uh, okay, this this is again from that frivolous fandom article. I really like this uh, this little bit of speculation here. Um, he wrote, or they wrote, uh, we are the first generation of humans who have the co the capability to communicate with posterity and mass, and uh, above or somewhere in this article, he you know took a textbook definition of posterity which like also means uh, all future generations which i actually didn't know um and they use that word quite a bit in this movie uh every facebook status tweet blog entry youtube video and instagram post could feasibly last forever uh you know assuming the internet doesn't explode or social media companies don't pull it all down just go with me on it we are all communicating directly with future generations but how often do we consider this would the message of your podcast change if you were intending it for posterity rather than to address the hot-button political topic of the day? Your descendants will not have to wonder what you were like or what you stood for. If your online footprint is big enough, they will hear from you directly. I myself had literally never considered this until thinking about this film. It made me realize I hope I'm proud of the message I'm sending to far more than just my great-grandchildren. And I like that. I That's a... That's a that's a juicy little nugget, isn't of, it? You know, thought that that this movie provoked from this this guy who wrote this article. Yeah, and it's interesting because you know our you know posterity in this film is they're they're, they're literally using our records to destroy us. Mm -hmm. You know, it's very much like you know when we talk about global warming and that is kind of an, an, an 
a theme that's very slightly touched on in in the film uh as like sator talks about why the future is doing this to the past it's like yeah the the oceans rose and the rivers dried up and now they're pissed off and they need resources so they're coming back here for them deal with it like kind of thing yeah um and which is um also the plot of fringe the tv show which i enjoyed very much yeah um but there wasn't as much time travel in that uh and the plot was actually more convoluted. <laughs> I think I watched the first season of that show. Yeah, I watched all five and it got weird. Word. Uh, but I, I enjoyed it very much. But yeah, so it's almost like, you know, there is, it is kind of this like, it's a, it feels a little bit like a, uh, a warning, you know, or like, um, like, an, uh, like a, a moral if you will, is like, you know, be careful what you're putting out there and putting down, <laughs> you know, for, for everyone to see. Totally. Yeah. Um, I have one more thing that I gleaned from this article. It's a really good article. If you like this film, I suggest read it. Again, frivolous fandom. It was actually from a commenter on this article. Um, named uh screen named joko and uh i like what they commented they said uh when i saw it for the first time i immediately jotted down several messages that i thought the movie wanted to convey here they are uh number one you cannot change the past but you might change the future number two the past happened that the past happened it doesn't make it useless the more you study it the more it informs Three, saving one person is saving the world, stands true. Number four, you are the protagonist of your own story, maybe others too. Number five, what you do right here and now matters way more than you think because it reverberates in the future. Reminds me of what we do in life echoes in eternity from Gladiator. I like that. And uh, number six, if I cannot have it, no one should have it. Might be one of the most evil tenets to live by. And I thought that was really insightful. Yeah. With my dumb little brain, I was having trouble like wrapping my head around like, what what does this movie mean? Like, what is the point of this movie? Um, and I think that Nolan did a great job of like not, not really telling you what it means. I think that this movie could mean a lot of different things. Um, and I really like that it isn't just slapped in front of your face, you know? It's a head scratcher. And I like that you're that I can tell that you're having a little bit of trouble with this one too. Yeah, right? <laughs> I just it it was so it was so dense. Like it was it was very action packed. Um and like every action scene had like consequences, you know? Uh, so I was like really trying to keep up because I was like, well, this is important. Like everything that happened was kind of important. Yeah. Uh, you know, and 
that I don't know. Like, do you want to talk about Sator the character? Do I? Do I? Okay, I, I mean, kind of want to talk about this dude. Sure, yeah. His... So I, I felt like you were leading me on to something that I was supposed to know what to say. No, I just like. He's a good villain. Very uh, good villain. I I do wish his motives were just a little clearer. Like what? Like, I mean, I guess we know why he wants to end. He wants to reverse the entropy of the universe, thus erasing uh, the the timeline because he's going to die of cancer. It, you very you very quickly realize as that like motivation becomes clear um like yeah sure he was in it for the money at first you know and it sounds like he was set up like it was understood by people in the future that he was a very bad man who did very bad things and they were like well let's have him do our very bad things then um but like it seemed like he was he was fine to just do this stuff and not like not maybe wasn't super duper interested in the mechanics of everything until he realized like his pancreatitis was inoperable and then you know his vileness you know kicks in and and He's, you know, he's now using the people who were using him for his own ploy. Like, I really enjoyed that. I like a, I like a, I like a, a villain that switches it up, you know, yeah. like he's, he switched it on him. He went flip mode. Um, and I love that. I, I love, I, I hated him as a person. Ugh, just bad. Uh, <laughs> you know, arms dealer. Um abusive and there oh man there's this moment where cat is talking about being on the boat to go back to the yacht and she sees the beautiful woman dive off the ship and she thinks god i wish i was as free as her even though she figures it's somebody that he's fucking on the side and then you find out it was her yeah I loved that moment so much. Yeah, it was good. I loved that moment so much because it was like, baby girl, you are free. You got your freedom. You shot that man in the neck. Like, (laughs) that made me so happy. I loved that they had her do it, too. How did she go back in time there and she wasn't inverted? I don't know. Whatever. She probably, it's like you go back and then you would have to go back through. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, the time travel stuff was so confusing. I, I don't know. But yeah, Seder was, was a great villain. Like, um, and that actor, you said his name earlier, but. Kenneth Brana. Yeah, he's, he's great. Um, yeah, fucking hated, hated him. Yeah, he was so hateable. <laughs> You love to hate him. And I don't know. I almost started to feel bad for him in yeah. a weird way. Yeah. Yeah. 
there are these moments where it's like, look at this small man just desperately hanging on to a woman who does not love him. Uh, and he's blackmailed her with like a, a, a fake art purchase, essentially, that'll put her, put her in prison for years if anyone ever finds out about it. Um, and like, all just his whole life is just about like control and money and and you just like you start to feel bad for him in that way uh and then he does something despicable again and you're like oh you know what i'm not gonna pity this dude <laughs> never mind <laughs> uh yeah he was a very cool villain what uh, what else do we want to say about this movie? It's crazy. We've been we've been talking for like forty five minutes already. It literally feels Did, like it's been like ten minutes. I know. Did you want to talk about the um um if I can't have it, no one can thing? I mean, I feel like we were talking about that with Seder. I mean, like yeah, that was kind of his his drive as a villain. You know, is why he wants to erase existence you gotta be a you gotta be a dick to want to just undo the universe you know right like like oh if i can't live in it then nobody else gets to yeah what what did you think happened before you were born yeah it's a dick move buddy and yeah i like i guess we don't know who he was working for like in the future i kind of think he was like I kind of thought he was like working for himself, maybe, but then I guess he's not because he dies. But all oh, that shit's so confusing. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I didn't quite <clears throat> understand how the future was planning to exploit the past necessarily. Um, they were like, giving Seder like instructions of stuff to do and like sending him money so that he could gain power in the past. I don't know. I don't okay. fucking know. And then the plutonium wasn't plutonium. It's, it, it's actually like the, a part of this algorithm yeah, he needed plutonium to operate the the turnstiles, I guess, or like the okay. time travel machines. But then the algorithm is like a different thing, I think. Yeah, I guess the algorithm is the actual it's the actual kind of formula for the inversion process of like how to succeed in like inverting time and creating things that are inverted and all that yeah and then when if he had put it all together it would have inverted the entropy of the world or something i don't know fuck it's it's so tempting to want to like dig into the you know the mechanics of the time travel stuff but it's so pointless it's just like it it's it's nothing but confusing but I really enjoyed it. I really yeah. enjoyed like every step of the way. I'm probably going to rewatch this movie at least like once a year. I mean, for the foreseeable oh, yeah. future. Like this is definitely a rewatcher. This is your water world. 
I, for me, it's Waterworld. For you, it's Tenet. Yeah, like, yeah. I feel like this movie was made for me. Like, I really enjoy it. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Do you have any, like, final thoughts? I feel like we're, we're about there. I wish people would have chilled. Same. And just enjoyed a fun, interesting movie about time travel espionage. People got to act like they're fucking better at directing movies than Christopher Nolan. You're not. It, it also, like, for a, for a time travel movie, this is fairly dry. You know? This isn't, like, wet sci-fi <laughs> in the way that, like, people want to, I think, like, hate on it. You know, this isn't a space opera. Like, they consulted with... So, Nolan consulted with Kip Thorne, who is a theoretical physicist, about, like, time, space-time, and quantum physics. Which he did on Interstellar as well, right? Yes, yes. It was, a, it was the same person, in fact, for Interstellar. Um, you know, like, and then it's based actually on this thing called the Satyr, the Satyr Square, and Tenet is a palindrome, the word itself. So it's backwards and forwards the same. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like there's a lot, there's a lot of cool stuff, and there was a lot of work that went into making this film um actually like cohesive and make sense. And I do think it's cohesive and I do think it makes sense. Mm-hmm. I think it just takes time. It's really dense. I and I think it's really beautiful because of that. I'm I'm sorry that you don't like to think too hard during movies, uh, you know. And like this coming from me, I fucking love a big dumb action movie. I went to go see Two Guns in the theater. That's um, Denzel Washington and Mark Wahlberg. Thoroughly enjoyed every minute of that film, and it's yeah. stupid, but it's fucking awesome. Uh, so it's like no, no, no. This is good. This is thinky. This is complex. Come on. Yeah, I was trying to do some one stars for this, and uh, they just made me mad. You know, like they were—they like, were all the same. They were all the same. They all said, mm-hmm. "Wish I could go back in time and get my money back from the movie theater." Ha 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 ha. For yeah. the folks in the audience, because this is an audio medium, I am making a jerking off motion with my hand. <laughs> <laughs> and then it was like fifteen different reasons why I don't like this movie, and it's like, fuck, like what is wrong with you, like? That like that's my big takeaway is just like I'm glad I can enjoy something that so many people thought was awful, because like yeah. there's nothing wrong with this movie. Like I mean, there are a few problems with it, but it's like it's fucking. This movie came out in 2020. I was like, it's like a fucking technical masterpiece. It's amazing. Yeah, I mean for for how ambitious it is. It pull it pulls a lot of stuff off. Agreed. Like it pulls a lot of it off. Like you got the, um, you know, the free will paradoxes. You've got you know the idea of posterity and the things and uh, that you do and say now coming back to haunt you or you know going you. into the future and yeah. 
and uh, affecting the world. Yet there's like a lot of personal responsibility allegory kind of stuff in here. Like, it's cool. Yeah. It's yeah, cool. this is cool. It's cool. It's fucking cool. It's cool. I like it. <laughs> not apologizing for shit. This movie's cool and I liked it. Cool. Well, cool. I think that I think that about says it. Right? I'm sorry if this was rambly, y'all, but I like uh, I just really I'm enjoyed sorry. this film. I tried. You know? I yeah. tried to think about how I would talk about this movie and I like we had lunch and I was like, I'm gonna make some notes and and have a plan for this and and then I just took a nap because it made my brain hurt. Yeah. Watching me eat is pretty difficult. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, there's my there's a behind the the curtains peak of my creative process. Okay. We're ready to a lot of naps. Ready to outro this bitch. Oh ready to outro So that was Tenet. Probably didn't make any sense at all, but there you go. Have you seen it? You've seen it? If you haven't seen it, that was a great flick. If you like action flicks, uh, check it out. Just, yeah. Yeah, do it. Now, if you enjoyed our show, please be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and maybe even tell a little friend. You can email us at movietimeextra at gmail.com to tell us what you think was extra, suggest a movie, or tell us what you want to hear us shoot the shit about. Maybe it's not a movie anymore. Maybe it's an album. Maybe it's a piece of art. Maybe it's, you know, like a state of mind. Are you, you, you always say this, but I don't know. I think we should just keep doing movies. I know. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> talk about a state of mind but not not a piece of art we don't do art here just kidding movies are art oh man i totally just derailed you no i'm i'm done that was the last part of it oh shit you talk about our theme song our banging theme song is by the illustrious dj cut man check him out on all of the platforms you just put out another new album Oh fuck, for real? Yeah, and it's great. I love it. I listen to that shit all the time. He's a nice guy. He seems very cool. Alright, well thank you again for joining us, everybody. I hope you'll have a fabulous spring. And we'll see you in a couple weeks. Bye, bye, Candias. I mean, adios. Okay, bye. (laughs) Stay tasty. Bye-bye.